Oh, baby. It is Wednesday. Surprise. Wednesday. We didn't forget. We're just late. We were busy. Uh, it was Independence Day. It was, <laughs> America had a thing going on. Yeah. We were invited. We had to go. We kicked out the the, the British. Um, we were busy yesterday. So here we are on Wednesday. But we didn't forget about you <laughs> because it is Wednesday, July 6th. Hmm. Uh, the Independence Day special. Yes. All about sports. It's going to be a lot of America's, America's uh, greatest pastime, yeah, baseball. Um, America sports. Yeah. We've pretty much reached and, the halfway point in the baseball season. And a little hockey. And a little bit of <laughs> hockey. <laughs> um, but hey, they had Canada Day over the past week, so they can they can come along too. Ew. But yeah, we got a we got Bruins hired a coach. Uh, we got a we're gonna play fair and foul. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know what to do. We play fair and foul. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're gonna have it's the summer. We're gonna have socks talk. If you didn't see that one coming, uh, Brooklyn's been dramatic, to say the least. We're gonna talk about that uh, amongst a couple other things. It's a mishmash, yes, of whatnot. But uh, Dom, mm. I'm uh with that. I'm gonna mm. turn it over to you. Yes. To start uh, the show. Yes, there has been some titanic news in the college football world. I'm sure everyone knows by now. USC and UCLA will leave the Pac-12 and go to the Big Ten in the next couple of years. And though I am not a fan of conference realignment and change, especially in a sport like college football that is mainly about tradition... I begrudgingly have to say that I understand this move 100% from USC and UCLA. They both had to do it. They are too big a market and too good for the Pac-12, which was a dying conference. And this is the Pac-12's own fault. USC and UCLA were nearly half of the Pac-12's TV revenue, by the way. That's a ridiculous share that they have to share then with the rest of the league. They basically were holding that conference up all on their own. There was a joke. The Pac-12 had become a joke. It was basically a joke that, you know, there was the Power Five conferences and then the Group of Five conferences. The Power Five, are, you know, the elite conferences that automatic, you know, they have automatic, you know, major bowl bids for their champions. You have a much better chance of making the college football playoff if you're in the Power Five. And it was the joke that the Group of Five was actually the Group of Six because the Pac-12 was so bad. So that's where the Pac-12 conference had gone to. And although, again, like I said, I hate conference realignments, I also don't I don't pity those who do it to themselves, and the Pac-12 did it to themselves. I think the COVID year was sort of the final straw for USC and UCLA. They had been fed up with the Pac-12 for years, but then when COVID happened, the Big Ten's commissioner was the one who wanted to pack it in. There were plenty of teams in the Big Ten that didn't want to pack it in. There was no push, really, by the Pac-12 to play football at all, except from USC and UCLA for the most part. The Pac-12 wanted to pack it in and not play football at all, just lose all that revenue for the year. We don't care. And then, obviously, they had to deal with probably the craziest restrictions about you know fans and all that kind of stuff when they did play the season. Now, that wasn't necessarily the Pac-12's fault. That was also just their state and everything like that. But it certainly didn't help the USC-UCLA relationship uh, with their conference. So this needed to happen as much as I hate it. They will now go to the Big Ten where the games will feel much bigger. When USC is in Camp Randall in Wisconsin and there's 80,000 people there, you know, the games are going to feel much bigger than when they're playing Stanford and there's nobody there and nobody cares. 
um, plus all the late night games USC always had to play. You know, obviously when they're in Ann Arbor and playing Michigan or they're playing Ohio State in the horseshoe, it's it's going to be massive. It'll be the biggest game on TV, and the USC gets to play with the big boys now, and they get a bunch of other schools and teams that care about football just as much as they do. So I understand the move. I don't like the fallout, which is going to be more and more conference realignment and more and more teams jumping ship to go to different conferences. And that's the root of the problem here. Now, the Big Ten is probably not going to add anybody else, even though Oregon and Washington are very good football programs. They don't bring in enough revenue that justifies sharing all of the revenue in the Big Ten with two more teams. It'll basically, it basically will, will, uh, thin the slice of pie that every team will get if they bring in Oregon and Washington. There's no reason that those teams are going to go in. But the Pac-12 is a sinking ship, and Oregon is going to have to move. And I'm actually going to go two places with this now. The next one is there's not much more left to say about UC, USC and UCLA. They have big aspirations. They're about football, particularly USC. They had to make this move. I want to go to Oregon now. So Oregon is the next best football school in that conference. And now they're left on the Pac-12, which is a sinking ship, and it's going to do nothing for them. So they'll have to move eventually. Probably the only move left for them, to me it seems obvious, is the Big 12. Because, you know, the saying, out of sight, out of mind. Now that Oregon is no longer playing in Southern California, they have lost that recruiting base. They need to make up for it with another major recruiting base. And you're not going to get Southern California playing Cal Berkeley and Stanford. Nobody cares at all and Stanford's the north but no one cares about those games so it doesn't do anything for you you need to go to the big 12 so you can at least get a foothold in the texas market now i know texas a&m and texas the university of texas won't be playing in the big 12 by then most likely but houston still has fans and so does baylor and so does texas tech if you can at least be part of that that's the only place i see oregon can go that they can get a foothold Again, in a major, major recruiting base. The ACC is too far away and a little bit too spread out with all the schools. And the SEC is not going to take them. The, the, Oregon doesn't fit the culture of the SEC. It's just not going to happen. So that's the first thing. I think there's the obvious move on the table for Oregon is they have to go to the Big 12. You have to get the Texas market because you need a big market. Now to the larger aspect and the thing that I hate about this happening, which is it's going to cause a massive shift for a bunch of schools and a bunch of conferences. And it further comes, you know, it, it goes down the road more of college football is basically just becoming an extension of the pros. And I don't think that's actually good for college football. I don't think it's good for the fans. I don't think it's good for most of the schools. Now, it's great for Georgia and USC and all these teams that are good enough and always have been good enough to win national titles. But for 95% of fan bases, 95% of their schools have no chance of winning a national title. And therefore, all the other things are what matter. Football, college football has been about tradition and passion and rituals and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's, it's the fan section with their own unique cheers, their own unique music that plays, you know, between quarters. It's the band. It's the cookouts beforehand. And it's playing for the bronze pig pat, uh, statue. And a keg of nails just because that's your rival that you faced for a hundred years. And that's what matters to those fan bases because they can't win a national title and they never will. Their programs just, they don't have 
they don't have the advantages of the other ones. So that's the kind of stuff that matters. And I feel like all that stuff, the tradition and all that is starting to get left behind in the money grab that's going on in college football now. And I think it's going to be bad for most of the fan bases of most of the programs. If I know I'm not going to be on TV that much, I know I'm not going to make the playoff. And now all of a sudden, every single one of my rivals is gone from my conference. And I'm playing a bunch of teams I've never cared about. And my and my siblings never cared about them. And my parents never cared about them. And my friends never cared about them. And at no point growing up did we ever care about these teams or ever care about ever seeing our team play them. I don't think that's good for the rest of the fan bases. You're losing the tradition. You're losing all the things that made college football unique. And all the things that brought fans to the games year after year, generation through generation in most of these schools. I think this is going to be bad for most of the teams in college football. Hmm. I don't know what it was. It was a couple weeks ago, maybe even a couple months ago. I don't know. I cannot process time anymore. (laughs) But uh, you were talking about uh, how Alabama... It was when you were talking about how Nick Saban is... Was mm-hmm. complaining mm-hmm. about how like it is changing and like other teams are now getting more of a chance and like Alabama's slowly gonna wither. Mm-hmm. Like they'll still be there. They'll mm-hmm. still always be there, but like they're gonna wither a bit. They won't be won't be quite so much Georgia Alabama anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you think these uh, colleges do not maybe see the same thing and they're trying to jump at the bit? It's like, hey, maybe we do have a chance at a national title for the first time in decades. Hmm. Let's 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 make some changes around here. Let's let's jump at the opportunity and let's do something. No. No, because to win a national title, to be in that category, you have to be well one you have to have money. You have to be in a Did you not say this is a money grab? Blue bud power. Yeah, it's a it's a money grab for certain guys to just make a little bit more money or some of the big boys to make some more money. I'm sure it's that too. But But, like you can make a lot of money by winning a national championship. Yeah, but but you I don't think it I don't think it expands that much. Um, the teams that can win a national championship. Maybe it adds two or three programs, but that's about it to me. You still need a certain amount of inherent advantages to be good enough to win a national title. Um, you have to be the biggest brand in your state generally. Uh, You have to be near a major, major hub for recruiting. Um, That's why Oregon doesn't really have that much of a chance. Washington doesn't. Um, You have to be in Texas, in Georgia, the Carolinas, Southern Cal. Um, So that's that's the thing. Uh, So I don't think it expands that much. Um, What's happening to Bama is just this collection of, let's say, let's say there's about 10 schools that have the resources and the geographical location that they're good enough and a chance to win a national title. What this has done with Alabama is of those 10 schools, it's given probably four or five of them an even better chance and taken away Bama's advantages with the NIL money, as we've said before. you know, Now Texas can start using all that oil money to even up their chances of a national title even more. All the Texas schools can do that. Um, so yeah, that that that's my thing, but it's not. Um, these changes aren't really going to add that many programs that are all of a sudden, oh, we can win a national title. That's not really going to happen. The ones that can win a national title have always either been in that conversation or on the very very edge of it. Hmm. 
And like, I mean, in regards to the the fans, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, especially when you're just going to that college, mm. you're just gonna root for the team. If you and go to the college, and but then, there are plenty of people who have never gone to the college, and then or never even go to college. Yeah, those people, are, those people are weird. <laughs> um, those people are really weird. But that is their pro um, team there. That's yeah. Those it's kind of weird. I mean, yeah. and I I kind of get it with like Alabama, like you guys love football, but there is no pro team, and like even Georgia, it's like yeah, you get the Falcons, but like <laughs> Falcons, and also Atlanta is in the top, it's in the northwestern corner mm-hmm. of Georgia, and if you let's say you live in the the southeast corner, yeah. are you gonna root for the Jaguars? Mm-hmm. No, no. So I kind of get that, mm. but like, I I, I don't know. Like I, these 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 college kids, they will root for their team no matter what. Mm. They're just rabid fans. They don't. A lot of them probably don't care really. They just love to have a good time every Sunday mm. when they're not in class. Saturday. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yes, Saturday. Yeah. So you don't you don't think it's gonna be you don't think it's gonna be a big problem for for some of the other schools mm. when you've lost when you've lost the rivals no, that you've is, always played. This is too much of a money making machine already. Well, that's why it's still going to happen no matter what. But, and I will say this: I have less of a problem with the USC UCLA move because I understand that the Pac-12 was a sinking ship, and they wanted to do things, and the Pac-12 didn't want to do things, and they were carrying the whole conference. That upsets me less than Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve because to me, you ran the Big Twelve. It just seemed like a, a, a just just a complete money grab. Whereas like USC UCLA, I mean, I get it, like. The Pac-12 was poorly run, and you were and you were you know basically holding the whole thing up. I get that from them, so I actually have less of a problem with this move. The Texas and Oklahoma move, I hated that. That is one. That was one hundred percent a money grab. There was nothing involved other than, well, the SEC makes the most money, so let's go to the SEC. I think it'll backfire for both schools, particularly Oklahoma, a lot because I think they'll find that they're not going to recruit as well as they hoped. I don't think they're going to get that that footprint in the South because Oklahoma uh, culturally is not like the South at all. It's far more either Midwest or or sort of mountain desert West than it is Southern. And all those, all those Southern boys down there playing football and stuff, they're not going to be like jumping to go to Oklahoma. They're going to go, no, no. My, all, my whole family went to Auburn. I'm going to Auburn. You know what I mean? No, Oklahoma's like <laughs> Nebraska and South Dakota. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think Oklahoma made a bad decision. Now, they'll make more money, but I think they made a bad decision as far as from a competitive standpoint. Well, actually, uh, that my next question was going to be, like, if you said this is a money grab, this is a chance to make a little bit more money mm-hmm. for these men in the suits. Yes. Um, do you think they would trade wins for a little bit more money. Yes. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I think I think eventually it'll backfire, though, for mm-hmm. some of the schools. USC and UCLA will not... They'll be dead by then. <laughs> USC and UCLA will not backfire at all. This, this is a 100% great move for USC and UCLA. I just don't like the, now the arms race that's about to happen. It's going to get worse and worse. Notre Dame probably will join the Big Ten... The Pac-12 could collapse in on itself, so we'll see where all those schools go. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess after those last two dominoes. Hmm. Well, what do you think? I ab- hope it does. Yeah. What do you think about? I mean, I know you don't have the same look at things and all that kind of stuff because you don't care. But 
the ACC is made up of Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, Clemson. So you have the Carolina schools and you have Florida. So I guess those are recruiting bases. So you could make the argument Oregon could go there and still get a foothold. Um, I just think that kind of far. It's very far. <laughs> That's my point. Is I would rather get the foothold in Texas, where at least I'm going to play schools that are a little pretty bit far closer. You know what it's I mean? Pretty far. Plus, I I think the I think the ACC because it's kind of in the same place as a lot of the SEC schools um, has to deal with so much competition for recruiting and stuff like that. That Oregon is just trying to jam itself into a super crowded party already. Whereas I think at least in Texas, a lot of people now every Texas is so big. Everyone goes to Texas to get recruits, but it's big enough to at least hold multiple schools in my opinion. So I think that's why Oregon to the big 12 makes far more sense than anywhere else because that's, you know, that's the Texas conference. That's still pretty far. It is. But like I don't know, you know but, but, a lot more but, about it than I do. I know, but 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 just thinking about it, there's more space there than there is in Carolina and Florida. Sure, there's certainly more space. <laughs> there's more people, uh, and there's more money. Do you feel Texas? Now you'd think Texas has got to be better at football than Florida, but I I feel like the past couple of years I've not really heard about te- the Texas colleges. Um, no, I know because they haven't had great coaching, and Oklahoma has was poaching uh, a lot of the best recruits. Um, I, I think Texas... So do you think those are easy dubs if they go to the Texas one also? No, I don't think they're easy dubs, but I think Oregon will go to the Big 12 and probably instantly be the best school in the conference right now, whereas in the ACC they won't be. So I remember, so, wasn't Oregon so, in the national championship game only like a decade ago? Yeah, they were. Year? Yeah, when Chip Kelly was there and stuff. They're, they're one of those like on the precipice teams. They're mostly just on the precipice, though, because USC was down so they could recruit Southern Cal and because Phil Knight is the richest booster of anyone across the country and cares so much that, I mean, the joke is Oregon is Phil Knight University. Like, he just he just went, I'm going to spend so much money that I'm going to will ourselves into, the, <laughs> into this upper echelon of college football. That's how Oregon got here for the most part. You think people wanted to play for Chip Kelly? I mean, that doesn't matter. <laughs> that was also back in the day. That you know, just because you're an a hole in the NFL doesn't mean it was the same in college. Um, but yeah, when Oregon can come into the to the Big Twelve and instantly probably be the best school, so you can show out again. Uh, you can show out in Texas. You can have those high school recruits come to the game and watch you be the best team, right? Most likely that they're. I mean, they'll have some good games with Baylor and Houston and stuff, but but they're the best team in the Big 12. Okay, here's the problem with that. Okay. You're going to Texas. Yeah. And you are Oregon. Yeah. And you don't think those parents are sitting next to me and being like, listen, boy, you are not going <laughs> to Oregon. Let me tell you. Yeah, but when but when Phil Knight can offer them. I'll send my son to Oregon and I'll, she'll, you'll come back a daughter. <laughs> That's what they'll say. That's what they'll say in Texas. <laughs> But the that's kid- not me. I didn't say that. <laughs> Texas said that. Um, I get your point. Um, but there are plenty of kids who have enough power to make their own decisions at this point that they'll never have more power. And with the NIL name, image, and likeness, Phil Knight can use that money and Nike to try and get kids to his school. To me, Oregon- you said they got him from SoCal. 
They did. That's a lot easier to it go is. to Oregon. No, it is. It is. It's a lot easier. I'm not saying I'm not saying that Oregon is going to be back to where you they mean were. They can go where it rains. Yeah. No, I'm not saying Oregon's going to get back to where they were, but I'm just saying if you're not playing in Southern California anymore or you're not playing any meaningful games at least in Southern California anymore, I just don't see I think that market's going to dry up for them a little bit, and they need to get a foothold on another major recruiting state. Mm. I try, I guess. You Do they play near Austin? What? Do they play near Austin? I mean, they can try and schedule UT, but no. Houston uh, would be the team in the Big 12 that they would play that has a very good mm. recruiting base. Um, they would play Baylor as well, um, TCU. Uh, so, yeah. There are plenty of Texas schools with plenty of good recruiting bases still in the Big 12. And like I said, when you can come there and be the best team in the conference right away, and you have Phil Knight, his money, and the Nike brand, I, I think I think Oregon will be able to get a pretty nice hold in Texas to, to supplement what they're about to lose once they're no longer playing games in Southern California. Hmm. The, the Phil Knight and the Nike money is, is the difference. Because I think what you said would be true a decade ago. But now that you can make money off your own likeness, and I'm going to go to the school with the CEO and founder of Nike, you know, yeah, I, I think guess, that's the yeah. game changer. So, yeah. All right. I think we're good on this, though. Sure. We can, we can turn it over. I'll turn it back over to you, Jesse, for rapid fire news. Oh, baby. <laughs> uh, not the most exciting week. No. But hey, we got some news. First of all, first off, um, <clears throat> Uh, Deshaun Watson's disciplinary hearing has concluded. Now we're just waiting on a verdict. Mm. Uh, now this is with the NFL, correct? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, all right. Celtics news. They made a trade. Uh, they traded for Malcolm Brogdon. Mm. I think that I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. I mean, yeah. I don't know who that is. It's from the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> just being honest. Don't know basketball. Helping the bench. Yeah. Um... Some Bruins news. They hired a coach. Mm. It's not Barry Trotz. No. No one's hiring Barry Trotz. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't want to be hired. But, uh, but it's Jim Montgomery. Really? Yeah, we'll talk about him later. Or I'll, right. ta- I'll talk about him later. <laughs> um, more Bruins news. Jake DeBrusque, my son, mm. he has officially rescinded his trade request. Oh, nice. He wants to stay. He officially said, I want to stay as a Boston Bruin. Hmm. I bet that has a lot to do with the changing coach. Yeah, probably. Because that came pretty one-two. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that, that has been your Bruins news. Mm. So moving on. I don't know if any people know this, but today is sale day. Mm. Chris Sale is pitching tonight. He's pitching tonight. Yes. Uh, for Worcester. He's pitching against the Scranton Renegades, which I'm pretty sure that's like that's the Yankees affiliate. Um, uh, I don't know. They change their things all the time, all those places. But when I, as far as I've been alive, Scranton was always uh, New York's minor league team. Yeah, the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I thought I always thought the Renegades. That's how I remember. I was like, okay, Scranton. Yeah. But the way they make the paper. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, Chris Sale is pitching tonight. And actually, that game is on Nesson Plus. Oh, is it really? It is on the same time, I believe it's the same time, as the Red Sox game. And I am curious. Now, obviously, the Red Sox will win. But I am curious if they'll get a bump just because people want to watch Sale. 
They might. Although, they definitely got to. They definitely got to. You know, if, if what was going on at, with Boston wasn't going on today, but I do think people would be interested to see Bellow pitch. That is true. Yeah, because Brian Bellow, the Red Sox top prospect, um, is making his major league debut today against Tampa. That is true. That's also, true. it's a division rival in a in a stretch that anyone who's been paying attention knows that this is a very big stretch for the Red Sox over the next two to three weeks. It is. Yeah. Speaking of that, to round out rapid fire news, mm-hmm. the Red Sox went three and five since we were last here. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> They had two two to one series losses to the Blue Jays and then the Cubs, mm. um, and they are currently one one against the Rays, which yes they p- play tonight. Okay, to conclude that series, and that has been rapid fire news, and that'll take us right into Sox talk. Yes, yes. So for Sox talk, as you mentioned, the King is returning again, again, <laughs> again, making his final rehab start in Worcester. Also, this was hilarious. Hansel Robles was designated for assignment, which I just find amazing. I mean, almost your entire starting rotation is hurt. You know, Didn't you're down. Quite make a year with the team. You're down so many people. It's not like the bullpen's been good all year. Matt Barnes already pitched his way to the unemployment line, and yet the Red Sox were still like, "Bro, you've been so bad. You can you can get out of here too." Uh, that was amazing because all the jokes I heard from my family and stuff like that and everyone I talked to about how bad Robles has been the last two to three weeks, the joke I always made was like, yeah, but he can't go anywhere. Barnes already beat him to the unemployment line. But they were still like, nah, get out of here. I think what really tipped that scale was Cutter Crawford. Yes. Uh, on July. Two days ago? Yeah. I was at that game. Oh, good, good for you. I know. Um, actually, I knew you were there. I knew, I knew, you knew <laughs> I was there. Um. But, like, I think that probably tipped the scale. He's inconsistent, but, like, it's like, all right, he can be good enough. Yes. Over several innings mm-hmm. against decent teams. Mm. So, yeah. You're, you're out, Robles. Yeah, I get you. All right. So, I have, I'm going to videotape this too. So, I have one more thing here. Now, with Sale about to come back and them calling up Bellow. They do have a little bit more help now pitching wise, and clearly they have more help pitching wise because they felt that they could designate Robles for assignment than I originally thought and realized. Um, but I still think for this next stretch, because it's such an important stretch, I want the Sox to at least get another arm uh, or two to help out during the stretch. And I don't mean a real like real like trade, like, oh, this is for the season. I'm talking about a warm body that you can bring in in 48 to 72 hours that's not going to take much. You know, like a like here's here's two hundred thousand dollars and a player to be named later to get a guy, you know, not a game changing move, but a move because we just need help right now for the next two to three weeks. Um, and the names that I thought of were Vince Velasquez for the White Sox, Patrick Corbin for the Washington Nationals, and Jolie Shashin, uh in Colorado for the Rockies. I would like them despite unless unless Bello just comes out here and dazzles tonight and and it seems like he's just going to be a mainstay for the rest of the way. Uh, I I think they need again just even a warm body type uh just to get some innings uh, out of um you know Corbin you can use him against lefties in the bullpen. Uh Shashin at least just eats innings and Vince Velasquez has never panned out uh, and clearly is not going to pan out. But his stuff has always played well. 
and you could just tell them, listen, uh, throw an inning or two as hard as you can. <laughs> so, actually, they and, love and, those guys. Exactly, and and I don't think again, I I don't think it's going to take that much to get any of these guys. As I've mentioned, Shashin's thirty four. His ERA is probably like six right now. He's not really had a great year. But he has a track record, at least being decent. Uh, Corbin's been a disaster, and Washington would love to try and get rid of some of that salary. Vince Velasquez got booted out of the White Sox rotation. I think his ERA is about 4.93 right now. Uh, He's all over the place. Uh, But again, they're just running out of people. Uh, With Rich Hill, uh, Waka, we don't know. Waka might miss an injury stint. We don't know yet. They're hoping, Um, but we'll see. Uh, and Waka Ivaldi's still not really on the way back anytime soon, at least not in the immediate future. Um, so, I, I, and and Robles being so bad that he got designated for assignment, uh, to me, you, you got to get at least a little bit more help for what is a huge next two to three weeks. I mean, this really is. It, it can't end the season because of the extra wild card spot, but you could find yourself in a really bad place really quickly over the next two to three weeks if this goes wrong. So I want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, um, and I know like you said, like, oh, you're, you get one of these guys, you're not really going to give up anything. But I just don't know why you don't just – You, the, the problem has been obvious for – I mean, I don't want to say since day one because day one they were like the only actual thing that was going, the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, but – I, I, I think they really should just bite the bullet as soon as possible. Like you don't have to wait to the trade deadline. I agree. And, and then, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that this is a replacement for that. It just one teams at this point like to wait till near the deadline because they think that they can get those guys to panic a little bit more and offer more value than what a guy's really worth. So a lot of sure. a lot of sellers don't like pulling the trigger this early. Um the deadline's later this year too, I believe. Oh, because uh, yeah, of, probably everything is. got delayed off. And also, with all the new playoff spots, there's so many teams that are on the fence who don't know if they're sellers yet. So there's only a small market of teams right now that are truly would be well, like, all right, we know we're selling. That also means, um, and I no, I agree with all you just said there, but that also means because there is more playoff teams that there will be more buyers. True. So you, have to, you do have to beat them also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and now I know he just went on the... IL, but like, uh, I think for a long time, and I feel like a lot of people feel this way. It should have been pretty obvious. Mm. Uh, Rich Hill should definitely move to the bullpen. Yeah, I would like Rich Hill to be in the bullpen. Um, it sucks that he just you know got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm pretty but, sure Whitlock's going to go to the pen at this point when he comes back, though. I hope so. Yeah, me too. I kind of well, here's the thing. Like, uh, I hope they both do. Um, because you know you got one day Paxton's going to come back. Um, one day <laughs> yeah like I again we, we there was a thing we heard like two weeks ago we talked about for a little bit we even said like maybe he'll be back before sale and then mm-hmm. su- suddenly sale was just like I'm ready yeah I'm, I'm one I'm one away didn't that seem to come out of absolutely nowhere a little bit yeah it was just, well there was just like rumblings I was like oh Chris Sale like apparently he's okay he's gonna maybe start his rehab start soon and then he's just like well I'm gonna do him like three days in a row <laughs> um, at least that's how it felt um, which actually, this could not be better timing. No, I know. No, it's absolutely, uh, and it makes my thing um, about this a little bit less doable now, and maybe a little bit less of a need. Though I would still like to do it. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, two days ago when I was driving to Fenway and, and heard that Waka had gotten hurt, I was like, wow, they really need to do this now. Mm. <laughs> but now that Sale is one, one rehab start away, but even then, how many innings is Sale going to go for the first three? We don't know. Four. Exactly. <laughs> so Vince Velasquez, by the way, right now for the White Sox, 46 innings, 46 hits, um, 42 punch outs, a 1.33 whip, and a 5.21 ERA. Hmm. So, I mean, it's serviceable. Sure. And his career ERA is 4.97. He's made eight starts also for the White Sox this year. So, that's, of the three, that's the one I want. Because I, le- I at least think he could stay around even after the deadline when you've probably addressed some more needs um, and still be helpful. Um, Shashin, depending on how he pitched here, uh, probably would... It'd be on the fence whether he'd stay or not. And Corbin, there'd probably be no place for Corbin because we have so many lefties in the pen already uh, with Strom and Davies. And who's the other one? Uh, Deekman. No, oh, thank you, Deekman. I can't believe I forgot him. He's actually probably the best one of all three of them, even though he loses the strike Dude, zone. He can't. I know, I know. He loses the strike zone sometimes. X, X said it last night. Like, yeah. he, gets, he gets guys 0-2, and then he just... <laughs> can't he can't put him away yeah because he because he misses with three straight badly no i know he's he's an adventure but is there anyone in this pen who isn't an adventure let's be honest uh other than how sour more has been good over the sour, past like, week he really has actually and but Shriver, there, but he is Shriver's not has been pretty good all year um i don't know <laughs> nobody though limited um actually honestly of all these guys, Schreiber and Strom are like the ones that are like when they come in. I'm like, this could go bad, but I'm. Oh, I'm, Strom! Strom is gonna fall off a cliff soon. He maybe. I have no faith that <laughs> this is gonna keep up. But uh, final thing. So you said you want to bite the bullet and do it now. Yeah, and I, I get like all those points you made about like yeah, and you know teams, those teams that suck, and then they don't, they know they suck. Like they want to hold because they want to get the yeah. most value. Yes. Um, and so, but like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're the Red Sox. I know. We gotta be. We gotta be careful about these, money, though. These are relief arms. You, like, got, you gotta be careful about money, though, Jesse. Trade the Penguins. <laughs> what, did, what, did, what did we say before? We <laughs> trade LeBron. Hey, guys, when they go cheap at the deadline uh, this year, remember this: when you go to Fenway. And you spend $18 on a drink and some food, it's going to a good place. It's going to the European soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, that money's going to a good place. Yeah. Uh, but you'd rather, you'd rather make a move now. And, I, and I'm guessing, though I want a first baseman, I'm done dealing with dollbacks. That's, that's where you wait. That's, that's where you try to, like, all right, like, this is gonna, we gotta find the right guy. No, exactly. I was just about to say, as much as I, as, as, much as I want Aguilar here, uh, right now, if you're going to make what you're calling a different move than me, which is an actual for the rest of the year difference-making chip move, like everyone, it's going to be in the bullpen. Well, because everyone knows the Cubs and the Red Sox were like, we, we literally would just, they had the chance to talk face-to-face. So yeah. Give me Robertson. I would love David Robertson here. Just give me Robertson. Yeah. And I mean, like, he's been really good and he's a great track record, but he's so old that the, the price ain't going to be ridiculously high, you would think. So, 
I, you know, I, I like that. I like that. If you let's bring David Robertson in, seventy-two hours. Let's go. <laughs> we need him for the Yankee series. Oh, uh, actually, yeah, the Cubs have been decent over the past week. They might, they might sit, be sitting there thinking like, "We got this. We can do this." No, let's get it out. Let's go, guys. Dude, they're twenty-nine and forty-two, aren't they? Okay, thirty wins, bro. We're getting there. <laughs> no, they have to win like ten straight to be viable. Mm. It's funny well, they had to play their best baseball though when we came to town. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They we that one game we won was literally because they gave us three runs. I know. Uh, all right, so I I would like bringing Vince Velasquez, player to be named later, all that kind of moves, just just to get us through the hump. But Jesse is firmly on board of let's make the difference making move now. Mm. Oh, it finally happened. What? Uh, Pavetta. Oh, Pavetta. He finally had a. It wasn't even the worst start. It just kind of like, it wasn't good. It wasn't. It, it was a bad start, and then it, they left him in too long. That too. Um, I wonder why though. Why they leave him in too long? Because <laughs> everyone's hurt. Because it's like, well, this is our best pitcher. Yes. That he's is that. He's kind of our is, only pitcher I, right at the moment. I am hype about Pavetta this season, and I've even said like I don't like trashing the guy because I like him. They just ask too much of him, but like. He is by far our best pitcher right now. I know. If anyone, Hauk is the one probably right behind him. Yes. And then definitely. Probably, then probably Schreiber or Sauramora, whichever one you prefer. Yeah. Probably Sauramora, just because Schreiber is limited to only really against righties. He's a fiery guy, though. Schreiber. Yeah. Yeah, but with that with that sort of sidearm delivery, you know, generally those guys are not great against the opposite side sure yeah all right so like i said jesse jesse wants david robertson here in the next 72 hours let's get robertson yeah. for this big stretch run i would love it i just think i just think it's going to be hard making deals like that right now um i think teams like to wait and i would be perfectly happy bringing in vince velasquez or jolie shashin just to get you want them to do something something right done now. yes we both want something done right now uh because you really could be. I don't know. You could if they put yourself, that guy with you the six re- ERA. I might be like, listen. <laughs> because we complained. That's what. Who was it? Davies who had okay, the six it, ERA. But, okay, but, it, but in this course field. Yeah. And he has a track record of usually being at least better than that. Speaking of course field. Yes. Speaking, so speaking of the Rockies, yeah. Chris Bryant hit his first home run of the season. I <laughs> saw that. Isn't that Congratu- crazy? Congratulations. Oh man, Colorado's going to regret that contract. Although I guess they no, don't, because the only thing they care about is getting a few more thousand people yeah, in the no, stands. I was going to say, like they've made, they've already made some money off him. Yeah, that's true. All right, all right, that is it for Sox talks. We're going to take a quick break before we come back talking about KD wanting out of Brooklyn and the Bruins' new head coach. Stick with us, guys.
are back here at Slow Your Roll. On from the baseball talk, back onto the court. Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn as he has requested a trade, despite the fact that Kyrie is staying. I guess I can't blame him for that. I wouldn't want to play with Kyrie either. <laughs> However, it does kind of doesn't it kind of like make you feel more like man. Katie, you can't, you know, when the going gets tough at all, you just, you bail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean it, well, it, it's, again, it's, it's, it's twofold, right? He's shown that's who he is, so he's just like, well, this is but who I, I am. I, but it's hard for me to go too deep on this, because, like, also, I do get it. Like, I, you know, I, I would be like, listen, I can't make this work with this idiot. <laughs> I, you know, do you think maybe if they had gotten rid of Kyrie, he would have stayed? Uh... Yeah, I think, because this I only so came too. out. I mean, there was rumblings that he wanted to leave also. But there were rumblings by he, media people who were just like, well, he came here to play with Kyrie. So if Kyrie leaves, he's going to want to leave. Sure. But there was no report that KD asked for a trade. Yes. To me, until, what, until he said. What, two days after Kyrie actually signed back with Brooklyn? Yeah. Then we heard KD officially announced a trade? Yeah. Or requested a trade? Yeah. So it does make me think. And I'm on Durant's side, at least a little bit for this one, where it's like, you know what, I wouldn't stay either. But also, it's it's just another just another tidbit in his legacy. That's like, man, you're kind of a bailer. Whenever things get hard, just nah, I'm out. Yeah, that's what I that's what I mean. It's just like, well, everyone knows I am this, and I've accepted I am this, so it's like, might as well just do this. Yeah. Um. So the couple of places, you know, they've talked Phoenix, they've talked Golden State, and they've talked Boston. Um, yeah. Where do you think he's going to end up going? Let's start with Golden State. Let's say he does go to Golden State, which I don't think he will, uh, simply because the asking price for KD is going to be really high. And Golden State has some really good young players, and they just want a title even without KD. So I don't think that they're going to want to mortgage the future just to get Kevin Durant when they're like, yeah, we were good enough now to win a title. I don't see any reason on why we have to give up. Because, I mean, would they have to give up Wiggins James Wiseman and Jordan Poole to get KD like that's not worth it that's too much yeah I think even giving up Wiseman and Poole would be too much you're also like it's just like you can't can't win without the guy you can't just well you you proved you could win without him and then you just all right you can come back now well I mean I but I mean I think it would look worse for you're off timeout I mean I think it would look worse for KD than it would look for Golden State uh yeah, because for Golden State, it's like he came crawling back. Did he? If you signed in free agency, I kind of feel that way. I guess a trade's not quite the same, but but uh, yeah, because then there are those be like, well, KD, is KD available? Well, yeah, but doesn't KD still have to? No trade can be can go through unless KD accepts it, though. So KD still would be accepting going to Golden State. Mm. What here's the thing. Mm-hmm. What if it comes out that Golden State attempted to trade, but KD said, "Nah, son, not there." I mean, I don't, I don't think it changes anything. I really, I think that that makes Golden State look a little bit like, wow. No, I think it just makes Golden State look like what Golden State always is, which is they don't care. They're aggressive and they'll do anything that they feel like is the right thing to do to make their team better. Mm. I just don't think that Golden State would be willing to pay the price. Because they won a title already, and I just don't see a reason to mortgage all the young talent that you can have that can replace Steph and Clay and these guys once they get too old, or at least take some of the burden off once they need to, you know, 
drastically reduce the amount of time that they play during a regular season. Uh, just to get KD, because you'll be a little bit better and probably go through the league easily and win a championship. I bet Steve Kerr wouldn't want him back. I don't know if Kerr would want him back either. I Kerr, bet he'd be like, Kerr, nah. Kerr probably doesn't because it's... There's I no mean, way they don't ask his input on things. Because it's like, dude, it's just, it's a lot of work. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm, it's got to be exhausting. It's like, bro, Draymond is enough. Yeah, Draymond is enough. But at least Draymond, you can like, you know, everyone gets on Draymond about this kind of stuff, but he's not a little drama queen. Kind of is. With other players and stuff, but he doesn't seem like a guy that you can't yell at or <laughs> or insult in practice or anything right. like you know what i mean that's not like when kd in there and kerr would have to like walk on eggshells like you know what i mean oh you can yell at kevin i don't think i want to yell at kevin i don't think you can yell i don't at know him. i just you just you know what i want to yell at kevin <laughs> <laughs> so there's golden state there's phoenix and then there's boston would you want him in boston i mean like here's the thing like that's like that's a that's that's a championship right there, right? Come that's on. what I'm saying. Like it's got to be right. What but if you have to? What if you have to give him Jalen Brown though? He never won, and I know like Tatum and Jalen Brown are definitely nowhere near what James Harden, or Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. can bring to a locker room. No, but like Durant never won with them. So I don't know. I guess like you'd you'd think like oh come on like that's got to be a championship right? But like, what's Tatum? You know, the the farther you go in the playoffs, the less you got Tatum. It looks like. Except maybe with KD there, that would help him a lot. I guess. Here you take it. My only thing is like, do you have to give up Jalen Brown? Would you take that? No, I wouldn't. Because I still think again, it's the same thing as Golden State, just not quite the same but it's like listen you got to a title with these players and yeah, the, and the run win a title with and the players? runway with them is still a long time now you say can you win i don't know i don't think you i clearly don't think you can win without at least adding another piece um but again you need something better than smart well that's my thing and they need a point guard to run the offense that's to me, if they have a true point guard who can run the offense, they might be a championship team. So I don't think it's worth trading for KD if I have to give up Jalen Brown. I would love to trade for KD and bring him to Boston, but I need to keep Tatum and Brown together. Mm. So, I mean, you know, how many picks you want. You're going to have Marcus Smart. Uh, we'll just use Derek White instead. That's, that's funny. What? If they make that trade, because, like, you remember, like, there was the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade where yes. Brooklyn gave Boston a bunch of picks. Yeah, I know, right? Like, that would be would be like full here, circle, right? Here we are. I know. What do you want? Yeah. No, I know. It would be interesting. It would be funny. So, so I, it's, it's Brad Stevens as a GM now, not um, Ainge. Yeah. So I, I, to me, Boston probably makes the most sense, though, for mm. Kevin Durant to go. I, I don't. I don't know if he would want to go back to Golden State, um, just because I don't. I don't think he'd want to. I don't think his ego could take that. <laughs> and and I get. He's probably it. scared of Draymond too. <laughs> He's gonna yell at me. <laughs> you gonna call me a b word? <laughs> Wait, we've called people a bitch on the show before, bro. We? We've said the f word. Well, we don't mean to. It's only like two or three times. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a big 
uh, mistake. Uh, yeah, a big mistake. Um, I think Boston makes the most sense for KD. Uh, again, <sighs> if are they willing to do it? I don't know. I, when you find yourself begrudgingly like rooting for them, like, I'll, oh, dude, I'll, I'll root for you when you make the finals. There have but been like, several players across all four sports. Probably one time, I'm sure it's happened with every single team at one point. Where like you brought in a player that I just don't like. Yeah. But you know what? You're my team. You're my team, and I will root for you <laughs> anyway. Immediately. Exactly. You're my team. Ah. Uh, wow. Ugh. Ugh. The only the great thing about that is what what if you had a repeat? What if you had Celtics Warriors in the finals with KD on the Celtics? Mm. That would be that's like KD's only chance to get to get back to help that legacy. I I guess would it help? Okay, the legacy? you know what? All would, right, it, would, wait, it help, wait, would it help wait, the legacy though? Wait, or would it just be like well, you went to bandwagon again for another team? I I've, I've talked about this. Like his legacy is already like. Not even worth really worth talking about, to be honest. But if he wins a title without Steph, Uh, if he here's the thing, he's got to like Giannis it. Okay, he's got to like will a team, Mm. and he's kind of too old for that. He might be, and he's not thick enough for that. Like Giannis is, Giannis is uh, he's yeah he's swole exactly. He's a big boy, Mm. but um, I forgot what I was gonna say. I don't know. Damn it. Damn it. It was about the Celtics K- Warriors. In the final, KD. If they, if they met at each other. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't remember. Uh, you can circle back. Anyway, Fudge. So, so the last thing on Golden State, though. So, and again, this is, I, I don't think they won a title. They can, they have a great chance to win another title next year. I, it just doesn't make sense for me for them to sell out to get oh. KD. When you can make, sh- you can keep this championship window open so much longer now. Exactly. And they have a big, in James Wiseman. A guard in Jordan Poole, who's only going to get better and is ascending. And Wiggins is still young and kind of in his prime right now. And he's the wing. He's the more versatile. He's, you know, he's, he's got the size to cover guys like Tatum and stuff like that. But he's not so big that he's offensively limited either. So, to me, they have potential difference makers at all three levels that are all young. As long as Wiseman develops. And Golden State seems to develop guys all the time. So... I remembered. What? So I I don't want KD on this team at all. Why? Because if he does anything, if we win a championship, heck, if we even like just make a couple NBA finals or uh, excuse me, uh, conference finals, I don't want to hear, we got to retire our number now. Um. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we don't need to retire our number. No. I don't think we should have retired. And I love the man, Kevin Garnett's number. Really? No. He wasn't here that long. Won one championship. And, like, I love Kevin Garnett. Eventually, when we do, like, you know, an actual segment with, like, unpopular sports opinions or something, that'll put you at the top of the list. You think so? I don't think most Celtics fans would agree with you on that. I'm happy for him. I'm happy they did it, but I'm kind of like, like, that's the standard we have for retiring Celtics numbers now? (laughs) Yeah. They didn't didn't retire Ray Allen's number, did they? No. Okay. No. No. (laughs) All right, good. Here's the thing. like, You're not going to retire Ray Allen's number now? Oh, because he went and played for the Heat? Oh, like that's it? He did the exact same thing. Heck, to be honest, 
may have been a more important player for that victory for that 2008 championship. Mm. He's made some big shots in his career. He has. Yeah. I mean, he was the he had he was the all-time three-point shooter until last year. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, you gotta hit a couple big ones if you get uh, the all-time. Yeah, yeah. I think Katie's at this weird space in his career. He's at that crossroads now, where um, due to his age, injury history, and all the baggage that comes with him, uh, for a lot of teams, he's no longer worth mortgaging your entire future and selling the farm for despite the fact that from a talent base he probably should be worth that mm-hmm. so it's going to make a deal very difficult and i wouldn't be shocked if he ended up not going anywhere at all i i wouldn't be either mm. to be honest i'm honestly i'm kind of like 50 50 on this if he's really going to end up if brooklyn's really going to end up being able to make a deal or not i don't know what's going to happen here's the thing i don't really think but that- i don't think he'll go to golden state I think a lot of teams don't want to be in the in the KD business either. Well, that, well, that's why I said that's why I said personality and the baggage that comes with it is part of why he's not worth selling the farm for anymore. Yeah, yeah. All right. So from that, Jesse, I'll turn it over to you for the Bruins hiring a new head coach. Thank you, Dom. No problem. Well, my dream was dashed. <laughs> Although it seems pretty quickly that I was not going to get what I wanted, and I'm not surprised. I knew it was a pipe dream. I yeah. knew that was like a fantasy. Because he is like, he's the guy. I'm, pre- I'm I'm pretty sure he's just like, he's probably like, listen, I want a year away from the NHL. The next round of fires, I'll I'll jump on one of those. But then we hired Jim Montgomery, mm-hmm. who, uh, I don't remember if Brian was here, but I've no it, it points. It's happened several times. We've complained about the like, hey, stop with the local crap. Um, and this is not quite that. But, like, Jim Montgomery did get his number retired at the University of Maine. Hmm. Um, and he was a good college player there. Uh, so this is New England still. <laughs> so, mm, uh, but he wasn't a good player in the NHL, but who cares? Uh, for coach, now, they said they wanted to a guy, a guy that can uh, connect with the youth, mm-hmm. so so to speak. Um, the howdy-do fellow kids. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you have a guy who was good college player and that translated to being a pretty good college coach mm-hmm. brought a national championship to denver um not the type people really care about not the football type mm-hmm. not re- not the uh basketball type the hockey type um so you know the he can connect with young kids i guess pretty good i guess but like that doesn't necessarily mean he can develop yeah that's a different thing and also like We've complained about your drafting. Like, if you give him nothing, I expect nothing. But if he was a... How long ago was he a college coach? Uh, only a couple of years ago. Because he only had uh, one NHL coaching job. Do you think that he will have some knowledge about, like, the recruiting and stuff like that? That maybe he'll he'll help them in the draft? Uh, here's the thing. I would hope he could help in the draft. That doesn't mean they'll listen to him, though. Sure. Um... Uh, especially that boys club. Oh yeah, I got it. Like that's 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 the whole thing. Like, like we wanted them to bring in personnel help mm-hmm. to break up that that boys club, and they did none of that. But like the thing about Jim Montgomery also is he was a head coach for the Dallas Stars from 2018 to 2019, and he got them to the playoffs for the first time in like uh, what was it three years? 
Mm. Um, and Dallas Stars have been fringe in and out of the playoffs here and there. Um, but he, and he did technically make them better. But he got fired for his, in a quote, unprofessional conduct inconsistent with the core values and beliefs of the Dallas Stars and the National Hockey League. Mm. That's really all they said about it, other than um, it's a material act of unprofessionalism. And it was not uh, about abuse of players or criminal conduct. That's all they would say. Mm. So, well, I don't know what the hell that means. Yeah. Um, were you stealing things? <laughs> I don't know. Well, he's a klepto. Maybe. <laughs> but, like, we're, I don't know. I don't, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know what that could possibly mean. But, like, you probably upset the owner. Mm. He's like, well, you can't have any of that. Mm. He's out. So, say what you will about that. So, but he did seem to make the Dallas Stars better. But like I said, like that doesn't make you doesn't show you're a developer with the college coach thing. Um, the Dallas Stars are not a very young team. Mm. Like that doesn't prove you can develop. And like the Bruins, like your your core is Bergeron, who's old, Marshawn, who's old, uh, Taylor Hall, who's old. Uh, your second line center is Howla, who's old. DeBrusque is turning 26 like he's he's we we kind of know what we got at this point like i don't see him getting much better mcavoy is we know what we got he's really good can't develop mcavoy anymore carlos peaked uh grizzlick has peaked like he's not gonna make this team that's not that young better mm. and of all the players you've drafted so far like i don't expect a lot from them mm. so unless this next draft you're gonna have a lot of people that are like well, we can get him up right away. Like, I don't see this team really taking that next step just because you brought in Jim Montgomery. Because there's no young players for him to connect with yet. And the ones that he could suck. Yeah. So, and then, you know what? Maybe this team will just take that next step and, like, get better because maybe they just didn't like Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just another situation of, like, a, a change of scenery. Because when Cassidy first came in, the team was, team was not good, but they got better. Mm. And it's just like, oh, I thought this was just a bad team. But okay, maybe it's a decent team. And they got they made it to the playoffs, with the, got kicked out in the first round. Mm. Maybe it'll be a similar situation. All right, we are taking a team that is, all right, playoff with playoff aspirations, but they didn't like the coach anymore. Mm-hmm. But now we have a new coach. And so now we have second round aspirations. Mm. So, but that, that doesn't mean much to me. Like, that doesn't mean much to Bergeron or Marshawn. They're old. Yeah. So, like, this 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 move is, like, maybe it makes your team a little better mm. and yay, but this isn't much of anything. Mm. So. Yeah. I got you. Typical Bruins. Yeah. Typical I, Bruins. I hear you. I hear you. All right. From that, we're going to – it's kind of a new, a new little segment we're going to do sometimes. There's very certain Turn, things going on. What? <laughs> Sorry, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, it's called it's it's when a team or a player is making comments or saying things because they're trying to sell you on something, and it's I'm not buying it. Tyreek Hill's comments. Now this was like two weeks ago now, but Tyreek Hill's comments about how he said that we you know Tua's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, and you know trying to hype up Tua, and you know what? I'm not buying it. 
this is a guy who I think this is coming from someone who made a decision for one specific reason and he doesn't want to admit what that reason is. And he's been a little bit hit, a little bit kind of hard by the media. Not too bad, but a little bit. And so he's trying to justify himself, but not for the real reason that he made the decision. Tyreek Hill made the decision to leave Kansas City to go to Miami for money. That's all it was. He didn't care Whoa, if it would be traded a, there. Yeah, but he was holding out with he was going to hold out with Kansas City and he got and a new but contract. He, but, he, but, he, but okay, so he's like give me give me the money I deserve. Yeah, but I'm just saying this is one the only reason he went to Miami was for money. It would have gone he didn't have to go to Miami. It's just like all right, Miami made the deal. No, I know, but I'm just saying he would have said this about it. No anybody. other re- and, but that's my point. He's trying to sit here and tell you He's trying to he's trying to justify what he did and, and trying to you know counter away from everybody else. No, 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 it's not just the money. You know this guy he's really good. He he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. I'm in a good place right here. You know this is a perfect spot for me. You're here for money, bro. That's that's why you left Patrick Mahomes right, in the Chiefs, which is fine. I get it, but don't don't try and lie and, and change yeah. the stories and and I'm not buying it. I'm you not buying. You it. don't have to justify anything, Tyreek. I, I agree. Did. I don't think you have to justify anything. You did either. what's best for you. Yeah, you did what's best for your wallet just, and your future. Just stop lying. Exactly. That's my. <laughs> that's the point of this segment. Stop lying. To <laughs> just, just, just quit lying. Quit lying about it. And I'm not buying the comments, Tyreek. You know, it's all. It was all about money. That's why you left. We knew you were a cheetah, but now you're a lion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You should be fired. Yeah, I'll leave. <laughs> that was terrible. It's okay. I'll go. No, it was pretty, it's okay. I'll, that was pretty fine. But I'm not buying it, Tyreek Hill. Uh, you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, pull the wool over our eyes. It has nothing to do with that. Also, I'm sure, I'm sure two is super accurate in seven on seven drills with no padding, no helmets, no one hitting you know, anybody. When he underhand tosses me the ball, he hits me in the chest every time. <laughs> uh, that's exactly exactly all right that is it for that new comment i'm not i'm not buying it tyreek hill i'm just not buying it all right i don't think anybody is uh for the most part i don't know but i hear talk shows actually talking about it as if oh how could he think this oh he's he lost his mind no that's not (laughs) i thought thought you were gonna say like well i guess two is really taking that next step (laughs) some people have said that but those are idiots (laughs) those are people no one listens to um but no they're like oh this is crazy. I wonder if there's beef between Tyreek and Mahomes. Oh, oh my God. Uh, I'm like, I wonder if he's like, how, how, about, how about you all just shut up? You yeah. all know what it is. <laughs> it's just the guy trying to distract from what the it's real It's a good teammate is. is what it is. Yeah, right? Great teammate. <laughs> yeah. He's just the guy trying to distract from the real reason he went there. All right. <clears throat> we are going to take our last quick break before we come back. We're going to go, you know, halfway point of the season. We're going to go through uh, some of the closer division races right now and just go over them and what we think going forward and then fair and foul and and finish things up like we always do with our final two segments stick with us guys
And we are back here at Slow Your Roll, getting ready to finish things up with our final two seg- uh, final couple of segments. Um, so anyway, baseball for most teams, I believe, I haven't gone through everybody's record to add them up and see where every team is at for games. But most teams have officially hit the halfway mark in the season. The team uh, that matters most, the Red Sox did last night. Yes, they so we're did. doing this today. With their 81st game. So we thought it'd be a good time now to go through some of the remaining close division races and uh, give an update on them, what we thought going into the year and what we think now, what's going to happen here in the future as we reach the dog days of summer. So let's start with the AL Central, which has been one of the biggest surprises probably of the baseball season. You know, even people who weren't big fans of the White Sox figured they'd win the division just because we never thought the division was that good. But it is the Minnesota Twins who find themselves in first place at 47 and 37, four and a half games up on the Cleveland Guardians, uh, whereas the White Sox find themselves six and a half back and three games under 500 at 38 and 41. So, you know, we did uh, built to last or going to pass a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, my opinion on the Twins, I do think that they are built to last. But let's talk about how this division is going and how we think it's going to go moving forward. Um, to me, the Cleveland Guardians have officially now finally started the collapse that we feel like was all inevitable because I think most of us looked at that team and were like, how the hell are they this good? They were in first place, I think, what, a week or two ago for a little bit of time. Um, but now they've lost three straight to Detroit. Uh, they're four and six over their last 10 and find themselves just one game over 500. Now, after being in first place, I think it was for a short amount of time two weeks ago. So I think Cleveland has officially started their collapse. What do you think on that? Uh, I mean, it seems that way. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, no one really picked them for anything coming into this season. Yeah. So I'm not really surprised. I think they just kind of rode the Tigers mm-hmm. having a very terrible start and KC being bad. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, just jumping on the fact that Chicago has not been what they were mm-hmm. or it was supposed to be at least. <clears throat> I think that's just what a lot of that was. Small sample sizes, mm-hmm. hot starts, mm. um, a good manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, they're, 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 this is what they are. This, yes. is what, this is what the Guardians are supposed to be. Yeah, and I don't expect them, uh, you know, I, I would expect them to finish in third. Um, even though, I, I, as, you, as I said before, I, I think the Twins are winning this division. Uh, I expect Cleveland to finish in third. Um, moving on. Uh, do you think that the White Sox looked like they maybe were about to turn a corner? Um, they had swept San Francisco, and then they dropped back-to-back games to Minnesota, uh, an 8-2 to two loss, I believe it was, last night. Uh, do you think the White Sox are going to make, are going to be able to get back in this and make a push here? Uh, as long as uh, La Russa is the manager, absolutely not. Okay. No. That, that, that man is keeping this team down. Mm. I don't. I think this team has been overrated mm-hmm. for the past couple of seasons, um, but they are better than this, mm. and I think he is a big problem. Mm. And like, I mean, they showed last year that they weren't the biggest fan of his, and I think that it's just taken their toll. They just they're they're working for a manager, a boss mm. who they don't like, and they're getting burnt out from it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they had, a, they had a lot of injuries, though, so at least those guys are back. Um, I, I don't know what the timetable is on Eloy Jimenez. I don't think they really have one. Um, so he he's kind of still out indefinitely. Jose Abreu is starting to turn the corner, though. He's got the average up to two 
89. Roberts back in the lineup. So, I mean, right now, the top of the lineup, Tim Anderson, 320. Vaughn, 295. Roberts, 286. And Abreu, 289. Um, so, I mean, when they're healthy, that top of the lineup still looks good. I mean, I'm it shocked looks by the way good. things gone. Uh, you know, Dallas Keiko was terrible and, you know, basically lost his job. Um, but Giolito has been really bad pretty well, much for most of the year. Other than other than Anderson and Kopich, like this is a lot of underperforming players. Yeah. And I think this is just this is what I mean. This is just year you can deal with this for a year. Sorry, he's just he's gonna get fired in the offseason, right? Like, come on, like you gotta see what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. This is year two of something of working for a boss they hate. Okay. I think that's what a lot of this is. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Because these are these are these are pretty good players. Yeah. Like do I think I think Moncada was a little overrated. Yeah, coming he's, up, he's having a terrible. But year. like, he can't be this bad, right? Yeah. Um, it's funny because Dylan Cease, you know, looked like he was getting better at the end of the last year, and has completely taken that next step. He's been one of the best pitchers in the American League, and yet uh, the White Sox still find themselves where they are. You know, I, I do expect them to make at least a little bit of a push, um, but I do think let's let's move on. Do you think? Well, I mean, I know what you think because you think the White Sox aren't really going to be able to make that push. So you believe that the Twins are good enough to finish this off? To win the division? Yeah. Y- yeah, but a part of that is because the division is so bad. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not they, I'm not saying they're Houston, New York, Toronto, or, or even the Sox. Minnesota's the only team in that division with a positive run differential. Yeah. And, like, if you look at even the West, like... Seattle and Texas even have positive run differentials. Like mm-hmm. this division is bad. It is. Like they should at this point, especially now that the Guardians are falling away, like they should kind of just run away with it. Mm. Like they should they shouldn't soon they should look like the Yankees and the the Astros. I still think Chicago's a little bit too talented to let that happen. I expect the White Sox to at least get into the running. A, a They're only 5 bit. and 5 in the last 10. I know. And and Minnesota's beaten them twice. Two straight. So We'll see. We'll see. I just I can't imagine with that talent they don't at least get themselves back into it a little bit. All right. I think Larusa's finishing the season, and they're, they're they are. It's gonna. I think. Here's the thing. I can think it can get worse. Okay. It could. It could. I mean, if Cease goes down, it'll definitely get worse. And here's the thing. I, I think people like, especially if if you get to the trade deadline and this gap, if they haven't taken second place from the Guardians, and it's like ten games at that point. I think fiery guys like Tim Anderson, who are leading the offense, are also then going to fall off. Mm. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right, so let's move on to the next one, which is probably the most interesting of all of them. That is the NL East, where the Mets had it wrapped up early on, it seemed like, and then Atlanta won, what, like 13 straight, some crazy thing? They also and lost the two best pieces in their rotation. They did, and those guys have both returned. The Mets sit at 50 and 31, Atlanta at 48 and 34. Atlanta is 7 and 3 in the last 10 games, two straight wins over the St. Louis Cardinals. They find themselves two and a half back at the Mets, who are 5 and 5 in the last 10. Um, Philadelphia, I think, is starting to get a little bit better. They find themselves seven games back at 43 and 38. And my Miami Marlins have won six straight at least to get themselves back to about 500, finding themselves. 10 back of the division. Um, how do we think this is going to pan out going forward? Do you think that the Phillies are going to get themselves back in? I mean, they're in the third wild card spot. Yeah, but we're talking about the division. Uh, 
I mean, maybe. Especially if this becomes like a neck and neck race. Like that's a great way for the third team mm. to slowly catch up themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's looking that way where the Mets and Atlanta are going to be pretty pretty close for at least the near future. Mm-hmm. Now with DeGrom and Scherzer coming back, let's see if especially DeGrom can stay healthy. Well, um, I mean, that's the big thing to me is they're back now. But how, I mean, do you think they're going to be able to stay healthy the rest of the year still? I have my doubts. I mean, DeGrom, yeah, I have a lot of doubts. But like Scherzer, this hasn't really ever been a problem. I know, but that age, man. Yeah. I just feel like it has to rear its head eventually. Perhaps. Hmm. But like, I don't know, he got bit by a dog recently and he was fine. So (laughs) I don't know. I think Scherzer will be fine. Okay. Remember, he broke his face, and he was still like, I'm pitching. Mm-hmm. Which I know you don't need your face. I mean, you need to be able to see, but. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. I got gotcha. um, But do you, th- so do you think the Phillies will get back into the division race? Yeah. Even with the injured Harper? Ish. I do. I think they have enough talent there. And enough there. That they'll get themselves viably back into it, at least for a little bit, especially this month. They're clearly playing better baseball now. Let's move on to the two big dogs. The Braves and the Mets. I'm I am fully in the camp of the Atlanta Braves. I I think the Braves are the better team. Um, even <coughs> with Scherzer and Degrom, I have my doubts whether they can stay healthy, and I also think that the Mets' offense was just overachieving for so long. Um, when this Braves team, I know you know we felt like they might take a little bit of a step back, but Dansby Swanson uh, has had a fantastic year so far. Matt Olson has done a very good job. Um, this this lineup is pretty is pretty deadly. Um, yeah, but I don't expect Acuna, Swanson especially to keep. That. No, but when you have a Kuna at the top here, it goes Acuna, Swanson, Olson, Austin, Riley, Marcelo, Zuna, Eddie Rosario is back. Eddie Eddie's always been a very consistent, productive hitter, and then you have Contreras, Phil Goslin, and the kid um, Michael Harris, who they brought up, who has done nothing but hit. Since they brought up the twenty-one-year-old stud prospect, right, I really come back down to earth too. I don't think it is because this is what the greatest hitter of all time. We're seeing it right before our eyes. Well, it's three hundred. It's not the greatest hitter of all time. I, I just think this lineup goes pretty much nine deep at this point. Have we ever seen a kid? I mean, we've well, I guess before our time. Um, Charlie like- Morton. Charlie Morton also got off to a terrible start. He has so far righted the ship. I really like the kid Kyle Wright. He's pitched very well. Big breaking ball, good fastball, 98 punch outs and 96 innings, 2.91 ERA. We know what Max Fried brings to the table. Um, so I, I really like them going forward, only two and a half back. I'm fully in the camp of the Atlanta Braves uh, overtaking the Mets and winning this division. Mm. Are you not? Uh, My good sir. Not right now. Okay. Because I do think the Braves are playing a little... Like, what did they win? What was that? What was their streak? Well, yeah, but their they, winning streak. Yeah, like, well, they came back down to earth after that. Yeah. So, like I. And now since and now they came back down to earth, a minor slump for like half a week or two or a week, and then they're back to just playing good solid ball now. Mm. And I just think the Mets lineup has just drastically uh, overperformed what they really are most of the season. Yeah, but like uh, their pitching is elite. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and like sure, like Pete Alonso is not going to be three hundred there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, what was this? Uh, I mean, but they, they still got like Luis Guillermo hitting. You know, come on. Yeah, what do you say? Uh, Marcana is another one that was overachieving. Yeah, he's a but fourth like, outfielder his entire life in Oakland, and now I'm supposed to believe that he's a solid. 275 with decent power type hitter ever and I just don't buy it. But they're, they're still they're still good players are scattered about here. Like I like yeah, it's, Pete Alonso is not going to hit 300, but I still expect him to have bring the instant offense and stuff like that. Like Lindor is like he struggled when he since he's come to the Mets, but he's he's only 28. Mm-hmm. So I like Starling Marte. Yeah, I <laughs> I do like Starling Marte as well. Um and uh Taiwan Walker has been good. I don't think he is this good, though. That's the other thing. And then Carlos Carrasco has been pretty up and down, and he's another guy that's always an injury waiting to happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, that's just, I, think like, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I just don't think they win in the division. I think Atlanta is the better, more talented, and the more proven I mean, I guys. Still, I picked Atlanta to win the division mm-hmm. at the start. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I, like, what, like, I don't think the Mets, like, this is going to be... I think this is going to be kind of an all-year thing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think they'll battle back and forth all year, too. I, I think it's going to come down to the wire. All right. Finally, wrapping things up, the NL Central, which finds the Milwaukee Brewers now in first place, 47-36. and 36, Three games up on the Cardinals. Um, Milwaukee 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. Cardinals are in, are in it a little bit right now. 4-6 uh, and six in the last 10. They've lost three straight. At 44 and 39, obviously those are the only two teams even worth talking about in this division. Um, though the Cardinals are going through it right now, uh, I'm still in the camp of the Cardinals overtaking uh, the Brewers here at some point. I just the Brewers' offense is hitting very well the last week or two, but to me it's still filled with guys that I just don't really believe in. Um, I like Telez. He's probably the only really good hitter in this lineup. Yelich hasn't really been all that special for a long time now. Uh, he's in 250. He's at least been much more productive, but Willie Adamas is in 207. McCutcheon was hitting cleanup yesterday against the Cubs. Colton Wong, fifth. I know they have great guys of the starting rotation. You could make the argument that because Woodrow hasn't been that good, he'll get better. Um, but at the end of the day, I just don't think they're going to put up enough runs. Uh, and I think the Cardinals are the better team. And I actually think that the Cardinals now, with Nolan Gorman, the second baseman, who's played very well, another top prospect, they have a very legitimate lineup now. They go pretty deep here um, with uh, Brendan Donovan at the top. Yepes, another kid who's always hit in the minors. They're very high on him. 279, 11 homers, 26 knocked in. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Nolan Gorman. And Tommy Edmond, who's another really consistent hitter. Uh, throughout his stint now in the bigs, um, I, I think they have a, I think the Cardinals have a pretty, uh, a pretty, pretty good lineup. One of the better lineups in the National League. I, I think St. Louis overtakes Milwaukee here at some point in the Central. What are your thoughts? Mm, I just think uh, you just don't like the Cardinals. I'm sick of their voodoo black magic. <laughs> They're here every year, and I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I also think like they're just Flaherty getting hurt again is a big blow. We'll see how long he's out for. I think they're too old. Okay. I just think they're but they have some young guys as I mentioned with Yepes, yeah, Gorman and Donovan. But, like you know, Wainwright is probably pitching ageless. a little over his head. Like in that like uh, that I think that'll slowly just start to come back down to earth. Though he was really good last year. 
but but like I, I think these I'm, the team's gonna like teeter out. I think is what I'm gonna say. Like the you know mm -hmm. the slowly the Brewers will just take control of that division. You think take control? Like yeah. you think you think like, this yeah, is like, not but, going? Like, you, do you think it's gonna be back and forth, or do you think my, nah, Milwaukee will firmly? I think like take control going into September. It's gonna be like seven eight games. Hmm. Type of thing. Like it'll just like that's what I mean. Like the, like you know for now like it's only it's you know it's July just started like. Those old legs can still go, but like you know, and I know Arenado and like Goldschmidt aren't that old, mm -hmm. but I still think like you'll see the you'll see a drop in production because Goldschmidt has played amazing. Yes, and like I don't I don't see that man. What was he thirty four? Uh Goldschmidt is thirty four. Yes. So like, you know, that's not old, especially for baseball. Mm -hmm. But like, in October, do that in October. Do that yeah. in October, old man. Well, we're not talking about the playoffs. We're just talking about the division. No, but like, I get you. I get they you. They will. Their legs will get tired. They will get the. They will. Their arms will feel heavy. I, I, down I think, the stretch. I get you, but I think there's been a nice, uh, a nice shot of of youth in this team that you're not realizing. Um, you know, Dakota Hudson at 27. He struggled a little bit so far, at least lately. He's kind of a real contact guy. He's not overpowering, but he gives you quality innings um you know there's zach thompson we talked about the lineup already with the with the young youth and, and you know yepes and gorman and carlson so i don't yeah, know but man. so much of the success is still built around wainwright and molina arenado and goldschmidt yeah yeah with and miles michaelis with a line of albert pujols every now and again to keep the party going <laughs> and miles michaelis who's not super old but he's 33 they are a little bit long in the tooth uh, when it comes to the starting rotation. That is 100% true. And that's part of the reason why the injury to Flaherty is kind of concerning. Um, but I do think if Flaherty comes back, at least in a timely fashion, I, I, I do think they got the pieces to overtake Milwaukee in the Central. Mm. All right, so we both have Minnesota. 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 I have Atlanta. You have them, and you have the Mets. And I got... The Cardinals, you got the Brewers, so this should be a fun, uh, fun rest of the season. We'll see, well, you know, we'll see who gets it right, and see who doesn't get it right. All right. So with all right, that, all right, all right. With that, we're gonna do a quick round of fair and foul here before we finish things up. Fair or foul? Deshaun Watson will be suspended the entire season next season. I'm going to say fair because he clearly lied to the front. Uh, he lied. To the league office about the situation uh he lied to cleveland about the situation you had an nfl team in houston which seems like it was covering up mlb has already set a precedent with how much they suspended trevor bauer the nfl is going to want to look tough on this kind of stuff they've been burned in the past by not being tough enough um i think 100 percent deshaun watson will be suspended the entire season next season i don't know because mm. like this has gone on so long that like honestly the only people that really remember it's still going on are football fans mm. so like I don't uh, yeah but you know if he only gets like five or six games no it, he'll the get more media, than that. that media will bring it back up he'll get more than that okay but you don't so you think I don't, you think foul you do not think he will be suspended the entire season like 10 I mean, here's the thing I want to say like 10 to 15 but like if oh, 15 might as well just do the whole year yeah I think um, 10 is about the cutoff 
10 to 12. <laughs> All right, 10 to 12. So you think foul. I'll go foul. All right, fine. You, you really think the NFL is going to go through that? You don't think they're going to want to work real they, hard on this kind dude, of stuff? They love After how bad this this whole thing was. They love uh, yeah, but then you but then you have but then you have a team an organization that was and they love covering, to not punish them covering it up and almost helping him do it too. Even the Texans maybe they'll slam the Texans more than they'll slam him. Uh, I doubt that. But never we're not quite as hard as he. Never mind. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> All right, next one. Don't say that. Um, Steph Curry would want K. Uh, Steph Curry would want KD back. I'm going to say foul. I don't think Steph wants KD back. Um, you know, there was talks that LeBron was trying to talk about how he would like to play with Steph Curry. And, and when they asked Steph about it, his reaction was kind of to laugh and just say, eh, we're all good here. Um, so I don't think Steph, I think Steph is very happy with the roster as is. Clearly should be happy now because they won a championship. And KD left him. I think he, he feels like he's got some great players to play with. Some great young kids that are going to keep this team good. I don't think Steph Curry would want to play with KD again. KD left him. Yeah. Well, you you left me, honey. <laughs> well, uh, well, here's the thing. You always like see that uh, that meme mm-hmm. where it's like it's like that guy, or it's like it's just a younger picture of like you know I've seen it for like Elon Musk and a couple other people mm-hmm. of like you go from like I'll have her home by nine thirty. Too. Then the second picture is like she calls me daddy too. Yeah, that that thing. I think you know a couple of years ago, I think Steph Curry was that guy to be like, yeah, that's my friend. Like he can come back and play. Like because like they are friends. Mm-hmm. Um, still, um, they don't have any personal animosity about what happened no. in Golden State. So I think old Curry would be like, yeah, he can come back and play. Mm-hmm. But new Curry that likes to hold these grudges. And stuff like that, and like keep the receipts and whatnot. The she calls me daddy uh-huh. type of guy. No, I oh. don't think I don't think he. You changed your tune on this when we were planning for the show. You were gonna say yeah. It well, I fan. thought about it. Okay, because uh, you know I was like, yeah. I mean, I guess old. He's like he's kind of changed his ways. Because like yeah, he, I feel like this stuff like with this championship, like they were never those trash talkers. I mean, they kind of were, um, but like they were never like this. Like, they have, like, oh, we kept all the receipts. Remember all those things? Which, like, here's the thing. I think it's stupid and kind of pathetic. But, like, okay. Mm. Like, you, you, the big tough man, sure. Okay. Whatever. That's what you think you are. But, like, okay. All right. All right. But that's a different conversation. So you think fair. I'm surprised. Yes. I, I think Steph would. I don't think Steph. You threw it. Well, no, it's Steph, a wrench in that. It's Steph would want KD back, right? Yeah. That. So no, I'm foul. Oh, yeah, you're foul. You're foul. Yeah. Yeah, we're both foul. All right. So lastly, I'll let you start this one. The Yankees will break the single season win record. Jesse, fair or foul? Now, when we were discussing this, you said like, "Well, we're going to be in the same boat." We said they're not going to do it. I knew you were about to do this, but <laughs> we need to. We need to accept our fate. We need to just bend over and take it. Um, like greatest. this is the greatest team ever assembled. Uh, Nestor Cortez is God. Yeah, Anthony Rizzo's twenty-eight again. Yeah, you know what? We we I, 
If, if the USC UCLA wouldn't happen, my opening rant was going to be on an Anthony Rizzo and the ridiculousness of Yankee Stadium. But continue. The, in the house that the cheap owners built, the, the, the house that George Steinbrenner's son built. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, this this team just this team just wins. Like, and, and it's like here's the thing. A lot of it goes the same way. Sure, there is like Nestor Cortez just being a god, start after start after start, and like Garrett Cole is also a great starter. But like sometimes Garrett Cole uh, um, has these starts where like it's just like he's just serving it up, <laughs> serving up home runs. They're nonstop. Oh my god, he gave up six home runs in the first inning. He 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 was doing so bad he gave up six home runs to the first five batters. Like it's incredible, like how bad he can be at times. But they'll still win like twelve to ten. Yeah. And it's like I'm sick of it. But you think you think you think we, it's just one of those years. He, yeah. The 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 momentum got going and, you know and it's just never gonna stop. I hope I you know what I hope they do break the all time single season win record because those teams don't win championships. That's true. The greatest single season baseball team is the Seattle Mariners, who didn't win a playoff. Have series. never made the the World Series. Yeah. The greatest. We know what the greatest football season was. We don't talk about it. <laughs> the greatest NHL season happened a couple years ago. It was the Lightning, and they, they lost got, in the first round. They got swept in the first round, and then the greatest uh, single season in the NBA was the Golden State, and they collapsed in the finals. So you know what? Win, be the greatest regular season team ever. It goes great for all the other ones. Yeah. All right. Fine. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I had a feeling you were going to change it up on this. Yeah. I, I had a feeling. Uh, no foul. The Yankees will not break the single season win total. Their division is too good. The momentum got going here in the first half and it never really stopped. But the all-star break will cool them off a little bit. Now I am resigned to the fact that they are probably winning the division and they are really good. <laughs> But some of these guys are going to regress. Nestor Cortez has already had a few, couple of bad outings. He'll get worse. Um, Jamison Tyon is an injury waiting to happen. It's got to happen here at some point. Uh, Judge, I still can't believe he's completely healthy either. And Giancarlo. And uh, yeah, no. The momentum got going and it just never really stopped. But it'll slow down once we hit the all-star break. They're not breaking the single season win total. Though it would be hilarious if they do it and then lose in the playoffs. I still feel the same way about them in the playoffs, too. All these home runs always dry up in October. We'll see how it goes. They're not breaking the single-season win total, though. Jesse, absolutely foul. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. And with that, we are getting ready to finish this up. Then Jesse Caulfield, take it away for our always Tommy report. Thank you. Well, I mean, it was the 4th of July. Yes. On Monday. And realistically, Tommy has not been that active recently. But on the 4th of July, mm-hmm. he played with a flamethrower. What? He made a video with a flamethrower. He's playing with a flamethrower in his backyard. It was safe. No one got hurt. It was like professionally made. Oh, really? So, yeah, it was very safe. But it got me thinking. Remember when Elon Musk like released those boring flamethrowers um, in like 2017, I think it was? I do not remember. I wanted to buy one. I wanted to buy one. But like my girlfriend at the time said like no don't do that i'm like why like what if it snows like i just clean the snow and like <laughs> so like i've been searching so like the point of this is i out there if, if you have like a flame boring flamethrower from elon musk and you want to sell that thing hit me up on twitter okay because <laughs> that's that's what this tommy report reminded me of oh my god that boring flamethrower i wanted to buy years ago because they were like you know this professional made flamethrower <laughs> like it's safe 
Obviously, unless you point it at someone, but just don't do that. Hmm. Like, you know, treat it like a gun. And the first rule of gun safety is have fun. <laughs> that has been your weekly time report. <laughs> All right, get your video ready. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Oh, I gotta <laughs> I gotta compose myself. All right, drum roll. Let's go. Oh wait, I have to pull a thing up on my phone too. Yeah, you do. I want facts. You have. You need the facts. You know what? I didn't have this entire. By the way, time. we're only a couple of weeks away from the one-year thing. We're gonna have to go back through these Darwins soon. Oh damn! To make the best Darwins of all time. Damn. Don't worry. I'll go through it. Okay. <laughs> all right. You ready? Yes. All right, drum roll, please. You're going to announce it. Okay, then you do the drum roll. And the winner of this week's Darwin Reward is all those crypto bros in the NFL that got those crypto contracts. <laughs> if you're keeping up in, I guess, economic news, you've seen recently that there's been like crypto crash after crypto crash. And now normally in between the crypto crashes, you'll have it go up again. But no... Not really any of that's been going on. It's just been crash after crash. And there's people out there, like Trevor Lawrence, who got a lot, or, well, most of their contract uh, done in crypto. Now, there was a report recently, it was reported by Barstool, that his signing bonus, which was $24 million, uh, was only going to be $9 million. Because, because of the crypto crash. Yes. And he came out and said, no, the signing bonus <laughs> was not done in crypto. That was done in cash. Hmm. Not like cash, cash, but like, you know, money. Yes. American, American Federal Reserve private money. Hmm. Um, so that didn't change. I mean, inflation probably changed that, but he got 20, he's going to get $24 million. Um, it's just worth less because of inflation. But in terms of crypto, oh yeah, he didn't talk about that. He didn't talk about his, uh, his contract. Cause apparently he lost a report is that he lost, ooh, ooh, oh yeah, I'm on camera, $10 million. For his contract. And he's not the only one that got crypto. So out there, uh, uh, Russell Okun of the Carolina Panthers, he got crypto. He was supposed to get $6.5 million. Uh, he's lost 2.7 of that. So not huge, but not good. Saquon Barkley, he got $10 million in crypto. Now that's not his whole, his whole contract. But of that... He lost 59%, 5.9 million of that. Oh. Now, I don't have the other reports for the other players, but like, you know, OBJ was the first to do this. He doesn't have his contract anymore, so he got away with it. Mm. He got it. He got out clean. OBJ just keeps winning and winning, doesn't yeah, he? I, I guess he do. Except his knees. Yes. Um, <laughs> other than that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Tom Brady got crypto. Um, Tom Brady loves crypto. You see him with the commercials and promoting it on his social media. Like, he lost money. Uh, Gronk doesn't have a contract anymore, but he's in crypto. Um, and there was another one. I don't remember. It's not in front of me. But anyway, like, the crypto bros, they lost money. And those were the, those were the big three. Yeah. There was seven mm-hmm. in the NFL. But, like, yeah, OBJ was one of them. He doesn't have a contract anymore. Gronk doesn't have a contract anymore. So, like, sucks to suck for Trevor. Trevor Lawrence, really, like, he had a bad year. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for him a little bit. A little bit. Like... See, he might be, he might be like, a, he might be like one A of the Darwin people right now. Yeah, is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and he, well, he's that, the, he started this conversation. He's the one that's taking the biggest hit because it's like, he's like, whole contract, not the signing bonus, not the incentives, mm-hmm. 
all of that other stuff, just the, the this is what you're getting, like that was all crypto. Uh, and it's like, oof. You know, I, I get, I get all the, you know, I get you lose money sometimes, and, and you're trying to, trying to, you know, do all these other things, and you know, I don't understand crypto. That doesn't mean it's not a good idea, at least a little bit. But I don't get it. When we're talking like in the millions and millions of dollars, like at that point, that's just so much money that yeah, inflation sucks, but like it's not going to affect you that much. No. <laughs> There's no way that the inflation rate was going to affect them the same way that the potential loss could be yeah. on betting on an unregulated and- currency on a whole new thing if it crashed. You would not lose 59% of your money on inflation. That's not how it works. So and- if you're, we're talking in the millions of dollars, you probably should have just gone with normal money, guys. Yeah, and I'm not a economist, mm-hmm. and I don't have any crypto of any kind. Mm-hmm. But like, and I know Bitcoin has been kind of established for a couple of years at this point. Yes. But like, how could you not see that the crypto trend mm-hmm. was that? A trend? Yeah. A fad? A, a weird explosion because some Redditors pumped up some numbers on GameStop's stock mm. which made people hype about crypto for a little bit mm-hmm. because of uh what was it Do- dogecoin dogecoin yeah. oh yeah and elon musk and all that stuff but like how did you not see that that was just gonna be a trend I know. like i saw that that's why i didn't buy any <laughs> and that's why i told our friend nick don't buy any don't buy any yeah but whatever stupid but you should have called me Trevor. you're, you're going to wager on millions of dollars just because you inflation rate yeah. i would fire your agent i would too unless that was trevor's idea in something which, tells me that was trevor's idea not his agent it might agents been. aren't usually that young to be into that kind of stuff that seems like a total sure. total the college kid thing to do it might have been i know best i know what i'm doing yeah. <laughs> i went to college i went to college i went to clemson where did you go yeah did you go to a single did, class, Trevor? Did you did, did you know that college makes you smarter? <laughs> what is <laughs> what is your professor's name, Trevor? I don't know. I <laughs> can tell you the entire playbook, though. <laughs> All right. So that has been it for Sawyer Roll this week. Congrats to Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the crypto bros on taking a dumb gamble on something that most people probably thought was a fad. But really With your millions of dollars. Well, OBJ just wins at life at this point for some reason. The minute he got out of Cleveland, you know, I can just go somewhere else, win a title. I'll get all my money in my crypto and then get out before the whole thing goes belly up. (laughs) I can destroy my knee and not play the most of the game and still get my ring. So OBJ just wins at life at this point. All right. But that has been it for Slow Your Roll this week, guys. For Don McLaurin's Island and Jesse Caulfield signing off. Good luck to the Red Sox on this grueling stretch of yeah, games. With I the never Rays said our Yankees. names in the intro. I know you didn't. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> with the Rays and the Yankees, I am praying that we come out of this with, a did list, I say with the, at least a split. The name of the show? I don't even know if you did. This so, is slow your roll, by the way. Uh, it's okay. Jesse. <laughs> I don't it's think okay. anybody. I don't remember ever saying it. I don't it's, think anybody said it. It's okay. Have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen. You just listen to slow your roll. <laughs>